Well, hey, welcome to the Missional Community Training Week 4 podcast. Uh, we Our Week 4 training was postponed due to weather, and so we have released uh, the teachings from that here today. Uh, and basically what we're going to do is we're going to kind of go over what it would look like for someone to wish to plant or start a missional community and see it through the entire process and move forward with that. So in those things, we'll talk about big picture and leadership. We'll talk about details and planning, responsibilities, um, what you do after you launch, and then the future of your MC as well. Uh, So there'll be some nuance to all of this. Hopefully, if you have any more questions or answers, uh, we answer them today in this, uh, as brief as I can, podcast. Um, I do want to say before we dive in, we have a ton of just resources. I want to thank Summit Crossing Community Church uh, in Huntsville, Alabama. I want to thank New City Church here in Macon and the uh, community with Jeff Vanderstel and Saturate and their organization of just doing a great job of uh, putting a lot of things together for churches to be able to kind of live out the, the discipleship and biblical principles of what it looks like uh, for disciples to make disciples. And if you're wondering, in a nutshell, if somebody ever walks up to you, hey, what is a missional community? Yes, you could very easily say, hey, it's a family of servant missionaries who lead people to love God, love people, and invest in his kingdom. But the reality is a missional community um, is a people who want to live as disciples who make disciples. And so we build in these these rhythms of family gathering, DNA, and neighborhood to the nations in our life so that we can live out the identity given to us in Christ of being a family uh, who has been bought with the purchase and the blood of Jesus. And so we have now been made family with God. We're called sons and daughters of God. We've been made servants because Jesus served and he modeled service and he's called us to serve. So Jesus served, so we served. And then he called us to also, through the power of the Holy Spirit, be missionaries. He's put his spirit inside of us. He's indwelled in, in our temple. And then we go out and we love God, love people, and invest in his kingdom as missionaries. And so we are disciples who make disciples. Uh, and missional communities are a way for us to do that. So... You've been listening, you've been thinking about, praying about, thinking about being engaged in a missional community. What does it look like to plant one, to start one? Well, I would say it first and foremost begins with kind of a a vision, a dream um, from the Lord. And the next step, I would encourage you to to speak to one of our staff members or one of our current missional leaders um, and you know, talk to them about what community specifically you're looking or people group you're looking to maybe reach. Let me say this. Missional communities are different than maybe uh, previous uh, groups that you've been in or Sunday school models or Bible studies or accountability groups. Uh, We really look at a couple of things when we're launching an an MC. Number one, it's similar to planting a church. And so is there a people group that's maybe unreached um, that we could put an MC near. So think neighborhood. Uh, you hear us talk about that rhythm of neighborhood to the nations. Um, a lot of ways the MC exists for that neighborhood. So maybe you find yourself in uh, a Riverly Downs or a Wesleyan Woods or an apartment complex like Adrian Apartments or the lofts downtown. Maybe you find yourself in a large workforce. Maybe you're at Geico. Maybe you're at 
um, a, a school and you want to start an MC to reach one of those places. That's a great starting point. I would say, hey, your MC is going to be called School 101 MC. You know, uh, the purpose of an MC is not necessarily for us to plug people in from our church to your MC, but more so for your MC to reach people for the glory of God and with the gospel uh, and possibly plug them into Piedmont or maybe another great church in our community. But the MC uh, is really launched and birthed out of a geographical desire to see people reached for the glory of the Lord or out of a social interest, um, like I mentioned, schools, workforce, something like that. And so when you're thinking about the vision, hope, and dream for your MC, I think that should be a part of what you're thinking about of like, hey, I don't have an MC within 10 miles of my house or five miles of my house, but yet there's two, maybe three other families that we go to church together or we're Christ followers. We love the Lord. We'd love to see, you know, the move of God happen here. Let's start an MC together. That's a great beginning point. So you have that hope. You have that dream. You come talk to one of our staff or one of our MC leaders. Um, and then you, you start going through the process of prayer um, to launch an MC. Um, obviously, we for those of you who may be listening to this podcast at a later point, this is our church um, kind of transitioning from one thing, one group's model to MCs. So we have a lot of MCs right now that this next point doesn't pertain to them specifically, but moving forward, it will in, 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 in the future. And so uh, what we require from an MC leader is that they've been involved in a missional community for six months. We want them to have lived out these identities and these rhythms um, and gone to coaching collectives and sat underneath shepherding and leadership of others. And so maybe they were a core family in an in a MC. Maybe they were co-leaders. Uh, but before we launch uh, an MC with a new leader, we really want that MC family or leader uh, to have sat in an MC. And so that's kind of the, the first step. If you're thinking about launching an MC or getting engaged in one, we would say that the best way to do that is to to be in an MC. The best way to launch one is to, to be in one, uh, step one. And that's for a leader, co-leader, or even a core family. Like if you're just dipping your toe in this whole thing, go to an MC, get engaged, get involved, be a part of them, and you'll see what God does. So um, to, to officially launch an MC, what we require is we want a leader, somebody uh, or you know a couple who's saying, we are the leaders. We, we will bear the burden of leadership. Um, as you know, as you'll learn, hopefully you've seen that missional communities has a plurality of leadership. And so it is a shared ownership and investment of each person. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but the buck always stops with someone. There's always a key leader. And so first and foremost, we want a, a, a an MC leader. Second, we want an MC co-leader. And so this is either, again, an individual or a couple. Um, and then the third thing is a core family. And so what we want from every MC that launches is leader, co-leader, and a core family. If you're looking at um, married couples, that's six people. If you're looking at um, maybe some individuals mixed, I, I, that could be as little as three or four. Uh, I would still venture to say that most of our our communities desire to be a little more intergenerational. And so we would hope that it wouldn't just be three uh, single individuals looking to launch, but it could be. Maybe it's a college MC and they're looking specifically to reach college students. Uh, and so that's what that could possibly look like. Um, so the three 
individuals, the three uh, people, leader, co-leader, and core family, they'll come together with this vision, this hope, this dream. And they'll say, man, we want to plant over here. Um, and we want to reach people in this way. And so that's kind of the big picture leadership, talking with us, figuring out what this looks like. And then you get into the details and the planning. And so obviously God gave you a passion or a vision to reach people in your neighborhood for the glory of God and with the gospel. And so you're going to start praying about what maybe Neighborhoods of the Nations projects would look like for you. Our church has several that we can push you to, partners that we've, we have partnered with in the past and will continue to partner with in the future and maybe even new ones. And so you can swing by our missional community booth out in the lobby on the first and third Sunday of every month. Someone on our missions team will be at that booth to talk with you about possibilities for Neighborhoods of the Nations projects. If you're wondering what Neighborhoods of the Nations is, in a nutshell, it's exactly what it sounds like. There are really kind of three emphasis that we put on this, uh, and, and it looks like you know local uh, intentionality, local reach, and global reach. Uh, I should say local intentionality, local investment, and global reach. And so, um, local intentionality is people um, who in your MC that we're looking to make disciples. So. If we're not being intentional locally at our workplace, at the ball field, wherever, how are we ever going to make disciples? And so local intentionality begins with people in your MC, individuals saying, here's who I'm discipling. And so we pinpoint one person. And so maybe as a group, we're praying for that one person. Um, and we're going through the list. Maybe all of us in our MC, maybe there's four or five families in our MC. Maybe we all have somebody. That's amazing. So we plan a barbecue once a month, or um, we plan a trip. You know, uh, I was telling somebody recently that, you know, what if I can't find somebody to disciple? So I, I'll tell them, well, find somebody to be a friend. You know, find somebody in your office who, who you think doesn't know the Lord or maybe doesn't go to church and figure out what they like. Oh, I mean, they, they really like fly fishing. And so uh, Joe likes fly fishing. You know, this guy comes back to our MC. And so what our guys and our MC decide to do is to help you know, the guy in RMC reached Joe for, for, for God is we say, let's plan a fly fishing trip, invite Joe. Maybe, maybe we figure out, you know, I don't think we even like cover the cost for Joe. We just invite him, right? He likes fly fishing. Come on. And we all hang out. And through that weekend, Lord willing, Joe will hear the gospel, see the gospel at work in our lives. Cause we'll be, we'll be gospel fluent. We'll be looking for opportunities to do this. It's not a, uh, a pouncing moment, but it's certainly a moment where, Lord willing, the overflow of the Spirit moves that weekend. And so that's what a neighborhood to the nation could look like through local intentionality. Local service is where we have those partners that we talked about. Or maybe there's something in your neighborhood that you, man, you'd really love to fix up. There's some someone who's gone through a hard time. You want to help help them build a deck or do something in their house, life, whatever it is, you, you want to see them um, really succeed. And so you decide to help them in whatever endeavor that is. And so that, that could be local service. Uh, and the third one is global reach. We have partners that our church has supported and helped you know, plant churches and all these different things. And so you maybe set up a phone call for one of those church planters and pray with their family and talk about what they're going through and maybe send them even a care package or some funds or you give to the church and the church will give the funds to them and whatever that looks like. So Neighborhood of the Nations is typically the third week of the month. And it, it's just an aspect that really focus us, focus, puts the focus, excuse me, um, 
on being missional. I mean, that's the first word of this thing is missional community. And it's not just a holy huddle. It's not just a Bible study for for your edification and sanctification. It, it's it's a it's a thing to help move us from the gathering to to the scattering to help draw people uh, close to the Lord. And so it is something that you should see and hear and experience even in the family gathering and in the DNA. And certainly the third week of the month, um, doing something together. Uh, some some groups might do service projects like four times in a year and use the other ones as an opportunity for social hangouts. And that's kind of that local intentionality where, I don't know, the guys might go bowling and the girls might, you know, go to a restaurant together while each pe- person in the group trying to invite somebody else uh, outside the church, outside of Christ to that event just to hang out and have fun, get to know them. Um, maybe sometimes multiple MCs might come together in a year to try to plan a fun uh, outing like that. And so we talked about big picture and leadership. Now you're talking about details and planning. The core three families, leader, co-leader, and core family, really need to get in touch of what are we thinking for Neighborhood to the Nations? What does that look like? You need to decide how to communicate. You know, is it going to be text, group me, Facebook, email, whatever that looks like. Figure out what communication venues and lines will look like you. And then kind of plan um, for the first eight, 10 weeks of your community to focus on the family gathering rhythm. Uh, Some people are going to go in, man, we need to do all three family gathering, DNA, neighborhood of the nations well right now. And I think it would be more realistic if um, you're bringing in people that maybe you don't know as well. Hopefully the the three, the core leader, the the co-leader, the core family and the leader know each other really well, but maybe other people don't. And so if you're inviting them in, you want to build this aspect of family. And so you want to share meals together. You want to fellowship together. You want to try to share stories so people can know gospel stories of our lives. Like, how do we come to faith in Christ? Where do we see Jesus moving now? To be able to you know, talk about those things is important. Maybe there is a time of listening to scriptures and we uh, go over the sermon questions from the from the week previous, which, by the way, we will release every single week. We will have a on our app, the Church Center app. You can go in and you can look at our sermon questions every week. We'll have a, a quick synopsis of, in case you missed the sermon, of what the sermon was about. And then we'll have a few sermon uh, questions just to help you kind of kick off the conversation. And what we're hoping is that you'll take the theological teachings that you receive on a Sunday morning uh, and talk about application in your life. And so you'll have those. And the last part of the family gathering that's important in the family rhythm is prayer. Uh, and this is where really all of the the whole picture comes together of neighborhood of nations, maybe even DNA, uh, praying as a collective unit, as a people. Um, I tell people a lot of times, this is where instead of spending 10 minutes on taking prayer requests and four minutes on prayer, man, we should maybe take three or four minutes on prayer requests and 10 minutes in prayer, you know, and really lean in. Maybe you got kids in your group. Maybe one of the times is bringing them in and asking them how we can pray for them or things in their life. And then we pray collectively as a family. Obviously, um, picking a name for your missional community is a big idea. Uh, It's a big thing. So maybe wherever you're geographically focused, that, that might be it, a Midtown MC, a North Macon, a West Macon, a Lizella, a Byron, a Gray, Forsyth, whatever that looks like. Maybe it's a little more targeted, Wesleyan Woods, something like that. Uh, we, we mentioned school earlier. And then you begin inviting and recruiting people to come to your MC 
after um, we've, we've kind of met with the staff and the leaders and kind of got a vision and we're thinking about doing this. Hey, we're going we're gonna to launch. We're going to plant this thing in the next coming weeks or months. And so we would love for you to be thinking about coming to this. Um, this isn't necessarily uh, coming on a Sunday morning, although Sunday morning at a church is probably the most missional time that you have all week for certain, for sure. There are people here every Sunday, visitors and even members alike, people who are just coming, maybe they don't even have a seat at the table, that need to be reached out to, need to be plugged in. We're a church that, that uh, greets and welcomes, but are we a church that embraces well? You know what I'm saying? It's a very big picture um, difference between walking up to someone and say, hey, how are you? Thanks for coming to church today. And hey, how are you? My name's this. My name's that. Where are you from? How'd you get here? What's your picture? What's your story? Hey, would you like to come to an MC gathering this week? Maybe have some dinner with us? That's a different thing, right? I've just embraced you. I've just brought you in to my family. And then I think a big part for most MCs uh, in the detail planning portion is to discuss uh, how you're going to include and care for children. Uh, we put some safety features in our missional community handbook, talking about uh, childcare and making sure that our kids are looked at after well, and uh, that there is um, little opportunity for them to find themselves in a position um, of, of, of discomfort at the least. But um, we, we want to make sure that our, our children are safe. And as we provide spaces for family gatherings, um, we, we want to make sure that every child and family has a safe space to gather um, and fellowship well. So be talking about those sorts of things in the details and planning portion. So we've, we've cast a little big picture in leadership. We, we talked about details and planning of maybe when you're going to start your family gatherings and the focus of family gatherings, how you're going to communicate, what the neighborhoods of the nation stuff looks like for you, uh, giving your MC a name. Uh, you're, you've started to possibly recruit some people uh, to these things, and then you've talked about your plan for child care. So then the next step is once you have maybe even more than your 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 people who planted with the leader, co-leader, and core family, maybe you've got two or three other families that are thinking about that you're pretty confident are going to plant with you and join your MC. You need to start talking about re- responsibilities to share and ownership positions to have. And so we have a couple of different that we recommend, like a host home coordinator. This is somebody who is specifically in charge of where our family gatherings will take place. So we, we recommend doing a family gathering at least two to three times in a month. Uh, and so that's a, that typically happens on like the second and the fourth week of the month um, in the kind of quick rhythm that we, we've put out there. And we'll go over some rhythms at, here at the end in just a moment. Um, so second and fourth, figuring out who's hosting. Maybe you have one family that just is really good at it and their house is perfect. And so you, you host there all the time. And so that host home coordinator would be probably just be that person. But sometimes you have several people that like to host. They have a house that works. And so you rotate hosting. Um, I think this is a big point that we want to make sure that we remind folks that um, at living out family servant, servant right here is big. So living out family servant, missionary servant is big. Just because someone is the host home doesn't mean that they should be responsible for cleaning up after we've left their house. Part of our service and our servanthood together would be after we've had a family gathering, we help that host clean their house again. 
Um, we don't just, even if they, oh, no, no, don't worry about it. No, we're going to clean up the house together. And so I think that's something important. So you have a host home coordinator, a meal coordinator. So figuring out how you're doing your meals. Um, this could be a person who's in charge of, hey, um, putting a schedule together of, you know, maybe it's every other week is pizza and every other week is bring your own dinner. Maybe it's um, a schedule of this time is tacos. And so somebody's going to put together a, a sign up genius or something to, to coordinate who's bringing what. And maybe the host home always signs up for the, you know, the shell of the taco and the ground beef so that they can make sure that if for some reason, if somebody can't make it, the, the ground beef and the taco, or at least the shell, is at least there. We can give up some cheese or sour cream, uh, but we kind of need uh, ground beef and, and a taco shell. So host home coordinator, meal coordinator, the prayer and missional coordinator. This is the person who is leading the charge on the Neighborhood to the Nation's efforts uh, and making sure that it's staying at the forefront of our mind. The encouragement coordinator, somebody who's really good at maybe sending a text to people and reaching out and just, you know, uh, making it feel like a family uh, where we've all been a part of probably groups in the past um, where we gather really well. But then when we scatter, we don't stay connected at all. The encouragement connector helps be helps kind of uh, function as glue. They help keep us connected and know that people care about our lives. Uh, the discussion coordinator. This is the person who maybe takes us through those sermon questions. If you want to do a Bible lesson, you do a Bible lesson in those family gatherings. Uh, again, I'd strongly encourage the sermon questions. I think they're they're, they're great. They take off a lot of responsibility of preparation. Uh, if you were at church, you listen to the sermon. Um, you should be able to walk through many of those questions and, and, and go deeper in application with each other. And then lastly, the kids coordinator. Uh, this is somebody who's helping organize um, and pay childcare. Um, don't, 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 don't. Um, if you have high school students or maybe even middle school students or college, college students in your MC, don't just always expect free childcare. Uh, I think some MCs could put together a plan where everybody in the MC gives 15, 20 bucks a month to help cover childcare. Even if maybe you're doing that as an MC and you don't have children um, and you're hoping it, you know, will lead to getting uh, families with kids. Or maybe you're an MC that doesn't have children, but you know others that do. And so you help as an MC provide finances for those um, to help the benefit of them, um, whatever that looks like, pay your babysitters, pay them well. Um, it, you are a representation of Jesus in those moments. And so make sure that you're representing him well. Um, it, kids coordinating could be babysitting, could be people in your MC taking shifts and turns, um, watching children. We would always recommend having at least two people watching kids. Um, it just helps provide a, a barrier of safety. Again, we have stuff in our launch packet, the handbook to talk about that. So you've got the big picture leadership we've talked about, the details and planning, the responsibilities to share of ownership, which is the host home, meal, prayer, missional, encouragement, discussion, and kids coordinating positions. That's six different positions in your group. The biggest thing about those coordinations um, is you want everybody in your MC to feel like an owner of the MC. Maybe somebody uh, is called, maybe somebody who doesn't have a job, maybe not a coordinator, maybe you call somebody, that, that person who doesn't have a responsibility, and you say, hey, I'd love for you to be the person who provides ice, you know, or the parking coordinator. Maybe, maybe it's hard where you park, and so you kind of try to get this person to, to lead up the parking charge wherever your house is. I, I don't know what it is, but... 
a big thing in leadership and in our missional communities is we want everyone to be invested in this. We don't want anyone to just show up and receive. We are serving each other as a family in, in, in the family gatherings and it certainly is a part of a missional community. So you've got all this stuff together. You've got coordinators. You've got planning. You, you've got this picture. Now launching. We at the church want to launch you um, just like we would launch um, you if you were going across the nations um, to a different country or continent. And so we will do a special commissioning service. We'll pray over you. We'll talk about um, MC, you know, what an MC is, again, with our church, remind people. Uh, and so it's a special moment um, where we can discuss what it means to be an MC. I would encourage you in the early days to talk about multiplication and planting. Because if your desire is to reach people uh, in your neighborhood for the gospel, then your belief is that Jesus can do this. And if Jesus can do this and your MC grows, eventually you will outgrow your location and there will be needing, there will be um, more MCs needed. And so you'll need to talk about planting and what that looks like. You'll need to grow in the understanding of what it means to be an MC. We, I get that it's layered and there's a lot in there. It can seem overwhelming at times, but I promise you once we start living in these together, it'll just be like second nature and you'll wonder why you ever did anything else. I think a big one, we've talked about it earlier, is the sharing your life stories, uh, sharing stories of the gospel, getting to know each other, sharing just life. Like how, how did you and your wife meet? How did, you know, how did your son break his arm when he was in fourth grade or, you know, whatever it looks like. The more we can know each other, the better we can live out family. And then after about that eight to 10 week moment where you've hit that family rhythm well, really lean into the DNA and the neighborhoods of the nation. Um, by that point, the uh, people who really kind of connect with each other, you will see uh, the, the cream will rise, so to speak. And so the DNAs will be very easy to form and put people together. And then we will do uh, every other month coaching collective. So make sure that you're there uh, at those and those coaching collectives. And then once a month, one of our staff or coaches will check in with you. So everything I've just mentioned is really kind of on what we call the starting a missional community checklist, which you can find in our foyer at our MC uh, booth. And so I would strongly encourage you to do that. So you might be thinking, okay, I, I kind of know how to plant an MC, but how do I run an MC? What is it look like? What, what are the rhythms uh, of these things? How do they really function? And what we have in the back of our <clears throat> missional community handbook uh, in, in Appendix B, it's called the Example Schedules and Rhythms. Um, I think we have three or four different schedules and rhythms. And so um, I'm going to go through a couple of these just to clarify for you as you're listening. So We'll go to example one. This is on page 30. So if you're a visual learner as well as an auditory learner, I, I can help walk you through these things. So um, this is on a five, pretending it's a five-week month. Week one, uh, this specific MC, again, I want to be very clear. Not all MCs will look the same. And so do not feel pressured to look like another MC. I do think you should feel pressured to function in the rhythms of family servant uh, or function in the rhythm, excuse me, a family gathering and DNA 
and neighborhood to the nation so that we can live out the identity of family servant missionary. But that will look different for each and every MC. So as I walk through these examples, do not, please, please do not think I am mandating that you look exactly like example one or exactly like example three. The reason why I've given multiple examples is so that you can see that this is not a rigid thing, but this is meant to be like an organic way of life. And just like eating right or working out or having good uh, routine of spiritual disciplines, it takes uh, a structure for us to live out these rhythms. And that's what these are to are, are in place to do is to live out these rhythms so that we can function in the identities. So example one, this uh, MC does um, DNA and family gathering every week. And so <clears throat> they uh, have a scheduled where their men might do DNA on Monday and their women might do them on Saturday. Um, I think what that could look like in reality is if you have six couples together, you would have four DNAs. You'd have four groups of three, three men, three men, three women, three women. And so that would be a total of 12 people. And so that would be four different DNAs. And what I would think would happen most most likely is that each one of those DNA groups would just get on their own schedule. And if they're saying, hey, we're going to meet every week as a DNA, uh, DNA group one, the three men uh, might want to get up at 5.30 in the morning on a Monday and go get coffee and talk. Um, DNA group three of women might want to, they, they might have a schedule where they can meet for lunch uh, on a Thursday. And so Thursday they have lunch with each other. That is, uh, DNA should be left up to those individual people and walking through discover, nurture, act with each other. And you can read more about what DNA looks like. They do their family gathering every Wednesday evening. And so they meet on Wednesdays uh, from 6 to 8 p.m. They have a meal. They do the family gatherings with all five of the um, parts of a family gathering, fellowship, food, prayer, um, storytelling and scripture, which scripture would be like answering sermon questions and talking about that, having a dialogue. They have childcare. So some weeks they'll bring the kids in and do prayer with them. Some weeks they'll uh, just have discussions with them. Every week they're talking about neighborhood to the nations. And then twice a month. So again, let's, let's rewind. They do DNA and family gathering every week. And so that might seem like a lot. So hold up, we'll give you another example. But these are people that, you know, they really, Wednesday night, they've got it open. They're eating dinner together as a family. It's a two-hour commitment, but they eat dinner together anyway. They're friends. They, they're doing life. So it's not this big separate ordeal. They've made it to where it's just part of who they are. And again, the DNAs are left up to the individuals to figure out that week-to-week basis. Maybe they miss a week. And you know what? They still hit three in a month. That's pretty good. And then they do, the last one is that Neighborhoods and Nations. They do that twice a month. It, it may look like a service project for one of those. It may look like a time of prayer. It may look like hosting a, a, a gathering for people in their community. Um, but they serve twice a month through Neighborhood to the Nations. And so that is what they do and how they function. Um, they're, they're, they're doing that rhythm. I think a basic rhythm, another example that we'll use is um, 
week one is DNA, or um, you could call it like a dead week. So it's not a family gathering week, but it's kind of, it's an off week. Uh, it's where your DNAs are, they're going to figure out their own schedule and where they can meet, and it's flexibility in there. Week two and week four are family gatherings. Um, you could do that on any given day or time. And then week three of the month is Neighborhoods in the Nations. And then if there is a week five, you could do a special family gathering. It could be another week off. It could be a DNA. It could be a Neighborhoods of the Nations. It could be whatever you want it to be. But a basic routine would be week one is kind of a dead week, maybe a DNA. Week two is family gathering. Week three is Neighborhood of the Nation. Week four is, is family gathering. And week five is open. Uh, and so whatever that looks like for you, you could function in that. There's an, the second example is where th- this group only meets, uh, this community only meets on Thursdays. Uh, the first and third, they meet for family gathering. The second and the fourth, they meet for DNAs. And then the fifth um, week of the month, they do a neighborhood to the nation. And that's a big party where they invite their neighbors and friends. They usually do that on a Friday night to try to get people engaged and involved. And that is certainly a possibility. The last example that I want to give you is an example of a group that maybe meets on a Sunday morning. And I'll actually give you one from a very specific MC that uh, kind of is currently about about to launch and existing. So uh, they meet at Piedmont on Sunday mornings. Uh, for hour, hour and a half. Um, that is their family gathering. They don't have food at that gathering, but they hit all of the other aspects of a family gathering. They go to church together, and then most every Sunday, they go to lunch with each other after the Sunday so- service. So they've hit all aspects of a family gathering right there, and they do that every single Sunday. They might uh, incorporate DNAs. So one week of the month on that Sunday morning time, they might say, hey, let's split up into in, a, in our DNA groups and have a time of DNA. Or they might just say, hey, during the week, find a time to meet with your DNA. And so some DNAs may meet once, twice, three times in a month. Some DNAs may only meet once. And then their Neighborhood to the Nation project is done once a month. Uh, about every other month is when they're looking to do something maybe service project oriented, while the other months are a little more social and they try to get people um, in their local intentionality and local uh, reach um, to to do something like that. And so that is a very specific um, group, and this is what rhythms could look like. I hope that was clear. I hope that made sense as far as you know, living out these different things and not being so rigid. You do have to choose a schedule so that when you're trying to uh, recruit people and get people engaged and involved, it doesn't seem like this really crazy thing. Hey, our family gatherings are the second or the fourth because that's part of this deal, right? Is trying to reach the lost to come to your MC. Like, I don't want you to miss that, that we should be planning in a way that we can get people who are not in our church to possibly engage with us in an MC. And so it needs to be clear. It needs to be structured. There needs to be opportunities and on-ramps for them to do that. So recap, we've gone over what it means and what it looks like to start an MC, possibly even planting a new MC. We've gone through the rhythms of living out an MC. And so I think through all of the print that we have and through the 
four podcasts that we've now released, you have a good picture of what it looks like to live out um, your identity as a family of servant missionaries who lead people to love God, love people, and, and invest in his kingdom. I'm excited to uh, be leading alongside of you and watch what God does in these moments. So if you need us, reach out. Um, if you have cool stories of what God has done through an MC, let us know. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you later.